Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Can't be here, 
to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. It is the 8th of March. Boy, we're already halfway through the month. we got a great show for everybody tonight. Jackie Chambers from Soteria and Girl School is up first. We're going to talk to Jackie in about one minute. And Ross the Boss in the second half of the show. So let's get Jackie on the line right now because it's getting late in Britain. And I don't want to keep her up too late. She's had a busy month playing with her band. Let's connect her and get this interview going. All right, bear with me a second while we make the connection. Jackie, this is Mike. Can you hear me? I guess not. Okay, let's try that one more time. We didn't get a we didn't get a connection over there. Sometimes Skype is a little funky. All right, let's try this one more time here. Jackie, I can hear you, but I don't think you can hear me. Nah, it seems like we're having trouble getting a connection over here today. Let me see what's going on. Let me try this one more time. All right, just bear with me here. No, I could not. She might be having some mic trouble over there. Let's try one more time. I don't think you can hear me, can you? Yeah, we're trying to figure this out. It's showing me that her microphone is muted. All right, let's try this one more time here. You have to love technology, huh? Let's try to connect it one more time. Oh, this is a lovely bunch of coconuts, huh? Hmm. All right, I'm going to play a song, and let me see if I can make something work here. All right, bear with me one second, and I'm going to see if I can figure something else out here so we can get Jackie connected.
All right, let's try this one more time here. Dee, can you hear me now? All right, you know what? I'm going to play a song while we figure this out. So uh, just bear with me here. Let's play something off the latest record, his Get a Life. Can you hear me? 
I can hear you. Oh, great. I didn't think we'd ever get through to each other today. <laughs> we finally got it started. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, I, I tell you, I was listening to the new record. Oh, my God. It sounds fantastic. I mean, oh, thank you. It seems like you've gone back to the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and all the decades up till now and just mixed everything together. And it's just this great feel of punk, rock, metal, everything. It's just, it's all over the place, but yet it's so cohesive that it works. That's fantastic. That's good to hear because that's all the kind of music I like. I like a bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I mean, was, that, was there an intentional sound or direction you wanted to bring this band into about what? five years ago when it started? Well, we started like, um, well, we ended 2015, so it's kind of like four years when we've been gigging. But um, when I started it, I just had a lot of songs written, and um, they were just, just how I write. I guess they're like the same way for girls' school, the same way for Sightseer. It's just what's coming out of me. And then when you put it with a band, it just takes its own direction. I suppose each person puts in their input, and you get a different sound. True, and it's a great sound. And like you, you know, I read a review where somebody was saying this is sort of like the youngest sister of girls' school, but yet I don't, I don't hear the similarities. I mean, I started your guitar playing. You know, it, it's a whole different band and a whole different concept to me. It is, yeah. I mean, there's no point in doing the same thing, is there? I and mean, I said, oh. I started Citeria because I wanted to do something different, and I had lots of songs. I love songwriting. That's what I like doing. So I just had so many songs written, and there were ones that we didn't use in girls' school. So, I mean, it's the same guitar player, so the same sort of thing, really, but just put yeah. a bit of on it, really. Yeah. Well, you know, 20 years in girls' school, you know, an established act for a very long time, for four decades. People mm. know the band, who it is. Now you want to start something different. I mean, what are the challenges involved with that? I mean, it can go two ways. A lot of people are like, oh, I have to start over again. And a lot of people look at it as like it's something brand new and fresh, and they enjoy that challenge of, you know, getting it to the next level. Mm. Well, yeah. I just want, I like playing music. I love being on stage live. And of course, the girls' school have been going 42 years. Kim and Denise have just been playing so long. They're not as, well, let's say, should we say not as keen to get out on the road as I am? Um, so it's like, well, 42 years for girls' school. I've been in the band 21 years now. So it's like half the band's existence. I just wanted to do something new as well as girls' school. I still love doing girls' school. But just doing my own my own band, my own project with a different direction, new people. It's just kind of all fresh and enthusiastic again. Love it. I just loving it. And of course, this year's been extremely busy. I've been on tour with Girls School. I'm on tour with Sideria now. <laughs> it's been quite a year. Yeah, I mean, you you're out for a couple of months almost, and now you're out again for this month with Sideria, and then you're going out again, I believe, with yeah. Saxon. Not long after this for Girls School. So I mean, it's good to be busy in this business, right? I always said I want to be busy, and I can't complain now, can I? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but but does it ever get tiresome, I mean, being out on the road? Well, of course. I mean, I'm not exactly a spring chicken anymore, so it does. I mean, I, you could probably hear my throat now. It's quite hoarse because I've had three – I've only been out for three or four days, and it's like late nights, early mornings, lots of driving, lots of – you know, it's quite quite grueling, really. Even on young people, it's grueling. So when you're doing it – you know, it's like when you get an airplane and you're in the airport all day – you get to the other end and you go, I'm really tired, and all you've done is sit on a flight. And well, it's like that being in a band. You're just literally in a van all day long. You're traveling. You get there, you set up, you sound check, you gig, and go to bed. But then you do it all again. It's the traveling that's the killer. It's not the gig. Yeah, when you think about it, you spend 23 hours a day getting to the job, and then one yeah. hour doing it. <laughs> you know, it's a great hour, but it is exhausting. 
I mean, we do that when we go. We always laugh about that in girls' school. We say, "Well, we've just flown, or we've taken two days to fly to Japan for one gig, and then come on." <laughs> and now we're on stage, and it's taken two days to get there and two days back. <laughs> True. Uh, what's that? There's a second record now. The first one came out a couple of years ago. I mean, not much of a change in direction, but definitely much more cohesive. I think mm. this time around, did it take a couple of years for everybody to kind of gel together? Yeah, I think so. I mean, a band grows together, I think. I mean, the more you're playing on, ro- on the road as well, you just kind of get, get to know each other and how you were playing, how would you interpret this piece of music. So, I mean, I wrote it in exactly the same way. I tend to write the songs at home, demo them with all the harmonies on and everything, then present them to the band, and then we do it. And, of course, they're all excellent at harmonies themselves, so they put their own kind of take on it. And, of course, I use drum machine when I'm writing at home, whereas Pablo's an amazing drummer. He just had his own flair to it. So each person brings their particular experience to it and their own sound to it, so it makes it a band sound. And we've grown together over those last couple of years since we um, released on the Bot. Yeah. Did you know each other previously to this or worked with each other before? Or was it, were you all kind of new to each other when the band started? Completely new. In 2015, when I decided to put it together, right at the end, of, um, I found Julia uh, on Facebook uh, via a friend. Then I found Kira. And then it was about October or something. And we were looking for drummers. And we had uh, Kira's dad help us out for a little while. Then we found a drummer. We recorded Santa's Harley really quickly. So we were ready to start in 2016. And, of course, I were on tour. Then we moved ahead and things got busy for girls' school. So we didn't really start gigging until the middle of 2016. And um, we had uh, a girl drummer, but she didn't quite... It wasn't quite right. So Julia's brother, Pablo, um, was an amazing drummer, and he's helping us out. And we just thought, no, he's the person. He's the right one for the job. Let's just keep him. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's had. So it really wasn't meant to be an all-girl band, or was it? it when it started off, I just did that, sort of like filling in the gaps between girls' school. It's almost like all girls. It just seemed to fall that way. But it wasn't, like, in, totally intentional. And when, of course, Pablo joined, it was great. So it was like, yeah, in the bike. <laughs> yeah. Do you find that's one of the hardest things about being in a band today is finding, you know, three for other people that kind of have the same goals, the same direction and want to contribute and be a part of it and not just get into it and say, well, this isn't for me and back out when things are getting going? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, it's really hard to find the right people. I've been incredibly fortunate with this band because they're all such lovely people to know as well, you know, really good, friendly people, and we all get on really well. And we have fun together. I mean, it's grueling on the road, as you all know, but we still gel and we still get on. We've had a lot of fun this last weekend. Yeah. You're out playing almost a whole month of March with the band. I mean, mm. is it hard lining up all these shows or coordinating the schedule between everything else you have going on, especially yeah. with girls' school? Because it's the same month you're out with both bands. It has been, actually. It wasn't for the last couple of years, but this year has been particularly difficult because of the, because of the girls' school schedule. But um, it's kind of worked because um, I knew the gigs were going to be March for, for girls' school, and we we postponed the release of uh, Reflections just so that we could do it February this year, because it was ready last year, but we postponed it till February so we could do the tour in co- to coordinate all together. So we made it like the beginning of March, because I know that I've got the end of March with girls' school, and, and I know where the gaps are. <laughs> so we had to do it like that. So Andy Turner, our manager... He's been on the case for the last three months starting all this out, so it's been brilliant. Somebody oh. helped me, finally. 
that that's fantastic. Uh, it's great to be out there playing. You know, when you do go out there, I mean, you're playing for a whole new audience now. A lot of people know you from girls' school, so they say, you know, you know, Jackie's playing from girls' school, we'll go see it. But I don't know if they really know what they're getting until they come out there and see you guys live. So when you're out there playing live for people who might be hearing the band for the first time, how does it feel like when you're up on stage and you start winning these people over and they're saying, wow, this is like, you know, really great? Yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing response. Because obviously when we first started playing, we had a few of the girls' school fans come down, obviously curiosity and everything. But I kept sort of emphasizing, we're not as heavy metal, we're not as heavy rock. We are a little mixture of everything. And um, we've had a lot of great response. I can't ask for better, really. And we've got a few of the girls' school fans, but we've got new fans as well, people who like uh, crossover at punk, some people who even like pop. And then you've got your metal heads as well. So it's a lovely audience. It's a brilliant reaction. And you can see their faces singing along to the songs. And I love it. It's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah. You know, you kind of just summed it up right there because I listened to the songs. I'm like, you know, there's a lot of pop sound to these songs where they can be played on the radio and people like yeah. really get into it. Then you hear that raw punk edge mixed into <laughs> there from like the late 70s, which I'm like, and there's so much going on in the song. I'm like, you know, you can appeal to a lot of different people. Is that a good or a bad thing? I'm a really messed up kind of girl, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, it just, it just shows your history of music, you know? Yeah, I mean, I just, when I hear music, I don't think, oh, this isn't rock, so I'm not listening to it. I listen to a song. I mean, I don't care if it's Britney Spears or, you know, Michael Jackson, whatever. If it's a good song, it's a good song. And, you know, you can play a lot of the pop music right now, and you put an electric guitar on it. It's still, it's an amazing song. I've heard versions of Britney Spears on uh, done by rock bands or you know pop songs done by rock musicians and they sound phenomenal and vice versa you get really great rock songs that have been done by pop artists and they still sound amazing strip a song down to acoustic guitar if it sounds good like that it's a good song true that's a great way of saying it I think today a lot of people get you know kind of roped into a box where they feel like, you know, like take Iron Maiden, where they have to put out the same record, you know, every time they go out there, because that's what their fans want to hear, you know. But, you know, I think it's great when a band can experiment to really just write how they feel, because when you write how you feel, you know, the songs are always going to be great because it's how you feel inside. And it's going to be real as well, you know. Yeah. The reality there is a heart to it, isn't there, as well? I think Absolutely. Happens. Yeah. I mean, there's no point in write, just writing songs for the sake of it and just, like, oh, this will do, like, formula rock, as it were. <laughs> If it doesn't mean anything to you, it's not going to mean anything to anybody else, is it? That's true. With, with the new record, did you guys do this all on your own? Because it's like, for an album that's so polished, it also has that raw energy to it. But it's just, it's hard to describe. Like, the, I don't know if it's the engineering part of it or behind the scenes, but there's a really unique sound to this album. And not just the song-wise, I mean, the way it was recorded. Well, yeah, we have an amazing engineer. I mean, obviously, we did all the pre-production before we went in, but... We have an amazing sound engineer called Tim, Tim Hamill, who just captures us as we are. You know, he's just a brilliant engineer. And um, he always gets us, at our, he always brings the best out in us, shall we say. But we do use a little technique called um, different tuning to everybody else. We use the solfeggio scale, the 432 hertz. Oh. Yeah, so I mean, most people these days record at 440 hertz. That's the normal sort of uh, rate that people record at. That's the tuning. But um, we use 432 as it's in balance with the universe, the frequency. Wow. I, I guess it does make a difference because, you know, for somebody who's listened to probably a million records in the last 50 years, mm. you can actually tell the difference. You can actually hear it on the album. I think so, too. I think there's more of a, uh, yeah, sort of a pulse with the universe. <laughs> We're in sync. <laughs> <laughs> Is this something that will be unique to the band in the future when you record it? Or was it just something that you wanted to try for this album? 
No, we've done it. We did it on Rant About and Reflection. Um, it's something when I first met the band and I told them, look, because I was really into all this stuff. I'm into all this um, Tesla. You know, Nikola Tesla, the the uh, yep. inventor, scientist. Well, he uh, and he always said, you know, the the secret to unlock the universe is the power of three sixes and nines. And there's all this information about um, using three sixes and nines and everything. And four three two is on that scale. You had four, three, two, and together four, seven, nine, and everything of power seems to be four, three. Uh, sorry, three, six, and nine, like the clock, twelve, three, six, nine. Then you, you, everything really. If you think about angles, it's forty-five degrees, which is nine. That sort of thing, a circle, three, sixty, one, eighty, all adds up to three, six, and nine. And there's so much evidence for that. And he always said, you know, this was uh, to be the balance of frequency, consciousness, and vibrations is what we should be studying. And I really thought, yeah, there's something in that. And music is part of that and sound. And um, I read a lot of things and listened to a lot of things about this 432 um, scale, the Solfeggio scale, should I say, and 432 came up a lot. I thought, okay, I'm going to try that. I, got, I found it, took me ages to find the tuner that I could tune to that. But um, yeah, once I got it, I thought, yeah, this sounds great. Because I, re- I do a lot of meditation myself. And when I started playing things, when I was writing them in 432, I just got a different vibration from it, a real different feeling. And I thought, right, I need to put a band together that are going to record in 432. So right from the get-go, we did everything in 432. When you try to explain this to new members that you're playing with, they kind of scratch their head and say, what are Mm -hmm. you talking about? I think I explained it better than I just did then, because I'm just uh, summarising. <laughs> summarising and then just, ah! <laughs> I've been driving all day as well. I'm like, ah! Oh. <laughs> a zombie right now. Trying to speak. <laughs> uh, I can imagine. But, you know, it, it does work for the band, and I, you know, I hope that you keep continuing doing that in the future. But I'll do that you, will, yeah. You are out for the next couple of weeks, I believe, playing, you know, with Sateri. Then you're heading to the Robert Girls School. Yes. What's going to come up in the rest of the year? You're going to try to pick up again with this after the Girls School tour is over? There's a lot of things coming in. Because obviously, as you know, um, gigs get booked like three months in advance, usually. So, I mean, already we've got gigs in April for Girls School and Siteria. <laughs> so we just have to make the managers liaise so that they don't clash. In fact, there's a couple of festivals where I'm on the same bill. So Siteria are on six-ish, five or six-ish, and then I get a couple of hours and then back on with Girls School the same night. Yeah. So and I, I love that, of course. So that's kind of working out in that way too, a couple of little festivals here. Um, yeah, so we've got quite a lot going on. I, I know that Girls School, we've got a couple of tours coming up here, there and everywhere, a little bit in um, we've got in Japan, got in Russia, um, Norway, all sorts of things. So it's like slotting in the Saitira gigs in those little slots there. <laughs> Oh, man, that's great. You know, Jackie, I'm not going to keep you. I know you're tired. You were playing this weekend. It's getting late. We had a little trouble oh, connecting. Okay. I gotta, but you did a great job on this record. I'm going to play some more songs off that, play some girls' school. And, you know, the best of luck with the band. And we'll do this again in the future, and we'll get things set up ahead of time. That way we don't get all delayed. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You have a great night. Thank you for calling. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh- You're not speaking a word.
All right. Out of Washington State, Max Planck with Dogs of War. I believe Heaven Hell Records was trying to uh, get a hold of him to reissue some of the stuff. I, I hope Jeremy does. It would be great to hear that you know, cleaned up and re-released again. Some good stuff over there. And I want to thank Jackie James. I had a little trouble in the beginning. Jackie's mic was muted, so we couldn't connect the hub, but we got it solved. I'm sorry for a little bit of dead air in between, but that's what happens, especially when you do an interview right off the bat of the show in the first couple of minutes. You don't have time to kind of iron things out, where at least in the middle I could play a song or we get things connected. But it went through. We were fine. All is said and done. All right, let me see what we could do right here. We got a lot of new music to get to tonight. Uh, John told me about the new Satan song. I gave it a listen the other day. It sounds really good. I think it's just part of a Flexi Dick series for a record that uh, for a magazine or something. That, that came out of it, but I don't know. It might be on the new record coming out soon. Who knows? But Satan are a great band, one of my favorites. They're going to be here in the U.S. pretty soon. I believe next month they're coming in April. They're going to be playing at the Blades of Steel Festival and uh, heading out on the road after that. So if they come to your town, check them out. They always put on a great show, and they sound just as good live as on record. Brian Ross has still got it, man, I have to tell you. All right, we're going to get the Ross the Boss in about a half hour or so. We'll play a few more songs between now and then. How about we do a, a set of new music? How about we do some brand new Cloverhead first, and then we'll do Elixir, and uh, I'll throw something new. Maybe some Wallop. I just bought the mix from Wallop. I had no idea that these guys even got back together. I remember getting that demo tape in like 83, and the Metallic Alps record when it came out. That cost me a fortune, because it was an import, and there were only a couple. A fortune. I, back then, it was like 1999 for that record. You're talking the early 80s. That was a lot of newspapers I had to deliver as a kid back then to buy that record. Uh, but uh, they were great. I, I loved that band. So I was happy to have back together. They've got a new record coming out on uh, Pure Steel Records. And uh, I'm going to set an interview with Mick probably for April or sometime. So I'll let you know. But that's what we'll do. We'll do some uh, brand new Wallop, some brand new Elixir. And I started off with Cloverhoff. Here's Bathory.
I wallop with running wild. You would never know that there was a 35-year gap in between that last record and the new one, Alps on Fire, because they picked up exactly where they left off all those years ago. Still has that classic sound, and more importantly, it's all four original members from the original lineup of the band. I mean, Stefan Arnold, the drummer, he was in Gravedigger, I have to say, for probably 25 years. I think he joined in the mid-'90s, and he left the band about a year ago. And they decided to, you know, get Wallop back together again. Like I said, I had no idea that the band even reunited last year or released an EP. I mean, the Alps on Fire EP came out about a year ago. Uh, and it was like, I think, a four or five track uh, kind of like demo EP that they put out on their own. Uh, but Pure Steel picked it up and there's like another 10 songs on the record besides those four. So uh, when it comes out April 24th, pick it up. Uh, I was talking with Mick the other day. We're going to get him on the show Probably in the beginning of April. We're just trying to work around the schedule and the time difference. So uh, that will happen. So just bear with me over there. Before that, a brand new Elixir, the Siren song. Uh, I don't know what happened if they went back to Elixir again. When they broke up for the second time around 2011, maybe 2012, uh, uh, Phil turned the band into Midnight Messiah. They put out two records under that name. It was really similar musically to uh, Elixir. Uh, but I know that they had reunited, at least most of the members reunited for, I think, a festival appearance about a year ago. And maybe they decided to keep it together as Elixir again. I have no idea. You know, they bounce back and forth between names, but musically, it's kind of the same thing. All right. So we're going to get to, let me see. We'll do one or two more songs. We'll play some Manowar, some Ross the Boss, and we'll get into uh, the interview with Ross right after that. Uh, Bruce Dickinson is out there doing his uh, spoken word tour. And, you know, say what you want about Bruce. you got to love him. He has no problem calling people out. Or saying what he wants to say. Years ago, he called out a lot of artists who were using teleprompters on stage. And I've said this for years that, you know, Rob Halford is always using the teleprompter. I mean, since Priest, have, at least since Priest have reunited with him, you know, he's always been with the teleprompter. If you watch him perform live, he's always looking down. He rarely ever looks into the audience anymore because he's reading all the words of the teleprompter. But Bruce is a little bit more vicious. So he's like, why do you need to look at a teleprompter that's saying living after midnight? Just keep repeating the words over and over again or breaking the law. And he's right. You know, and Rob Halford said, I think, when they brought it up to him, he kind of danced around it in a way like just saying, you know, Bruce is a great guy. You know, he likes to speak his mind. They didn't actually answer the question of, like, why he, why he does it. You know, and, and years ago in an interview, somebody dug up that he says, you know, he does it and Ozzy does it. They, you know, Ozzy reads up the teleprompters, too. But Ozzy's on a whole other level. He's on a whole other planet. I don't think Ozzy can remember his name half the time. You know, but I still don't agree with that with any artist. If you're performing live, you should be performing live. There's no excuse not to know the lyrics to the songs that you wrote that you've been singing night after night for 20, 30, even 40 or 50 years. You know, Ozzy's been singing Iron Man for 50 years. Robert's been singing Living After Midnight Breaking the Law for 40 years. You should know the words to the songs. You shouldn't need a teleprompter. You know, when they go out there and they perform some of the new songs, they're only playing one or two new songs live. You should be able to learn the words to those songs. I mean, that's your job. You get paid a lot of money to perform live and know the words to your songs. If I went to work today and I told my boss, listen, I knew I knew how to do my job yesterday, but I can't do it today, so I'm just going to, you know, hump in a fake and get by. My boss is going to be like, you're fired. He's not going to let me come in and not be able to do my job without reading up on how to do it every day. These guys should know the words to the songs. Steve Grimm from Grim Reaper, love him, seen him live I don't know how many times. He has a little iPad up on stage with him, and he reads the lyrics off the iPad. And I see more, I mean, you know, you know the big artists use it because they're on stage, they put it down, it looks like a monitor, they glance down at it, you, sometimes you can't tell they're doing it, sometimes you can. But to sit on stage with, a, with an iPad, Neil Turbin did that also when he was filling in, I think, for... Uh, 
Oh, I forgot what band he was filling in for at one time uh, when the band was on tour here in America. I don't even remember right now. I'm drawing a, a complete blank right now, but he was doing it too. But I get that. And when Rob Halford said he had, he did it when he filled in for Ozzy when Black Sabbath needed him when Ozzy had to back out because he got sick of those. I, mean, I get that. You're playing with another band. You're trying to fill in and help out. You know, you don't know all the words to the songs. I get that. But not your own band and your own songs. You should not be using a teleprompter. I'm sorry to say that. And, you know, and Bruce just calls him out. He called out, you know, Ozzy, and he called out Halford. And, you know, I give him credit for that because he doesn't hold back. And he's like, you know, I don't do it. And he's like, well, you know, we're not – Halford's like, we all can't be as great <laughs> as Bruce is. You know, but, you know, it's the truth. You perform live, you should know the worst of these songs. That's just how I feel about that, you know. And I'm sure if you go to see, you know, Juice Bruce live, you don't want to see Rob staring down at the stage reading words off a monitor instead of just singing the songs that he wrote, you know. Uh, I don't know. Life is crazy, huh? All right, let's get back to the music right now. How about, let's see what I can dig up right now. How about we go back to an old demo from the 80s? Uh, as a matter of fact, this was one of the first demo tapes I actually bought. Uh, I was trading a little bit before then, but this was like one that I actually bought from the band. I think it cost me $5 for shipping included. It was the band Jackhammer, who wound up morphing into Whiplash. I think they put out two demos as Jackhammer. Uh, the first one in Chainsaw Love, and then Tony Potawa joined the band, and they turned into Whiplash right after that. But off that first demo tape, and the quality is horrible. You know, the the sound quality in this show is horrible to begin with, and the demo tape quality is even worse. So I can only imagine what it's going to sound like if you're not listening with headphones on. But this is Saint Will Fall. <laughs> Oh 
Riot Obsession, Hatred Unto Death, and before that, Power Lord with Merciless Titans. I see that Mike Vizcarra is, uh, well, I guess it's his daughter doing it. has a GoFundMe page set up because a tree fell in the house during the tornadoes that hit down, touched down in uh, Nashville and Tennessee the other day, or last week, whenever it was. He did a fundraiser a couple of years ago, and I had Mike on the show at that time to help promote it because he was raising money to record the next Obsession record. Well, I don't think that record ever came out. If it did, I didn't see it. So I like the world of money for that GoFundMe campaign went because we never got the Obsession record. I remember donating money to it. So I got to go look back at my GoFundMe, I think, to see how long ago that was. But there was definitely no new Obsession record. And I don't recall getting a refund because it didn't come out. So I'm not into these whole GoFundMe things. People are raising money for anything and everything. And people donate to them. So, I mean, you know, if you want to give away your money to people that could easily or should be able to take care of these things on their own, that's your business. I just don't donate my money anymore. It's just not worth it. When bands are putting out records and they ask for money, I don't mind because usually they give you the record as part of the donation. So instead of buying it in a store, I'd rather give it to the band to get the record. Other than that, I'm not donating my money to anybody. My money's being donated to my family fund. For us, that's it. All right, Iman had mentioned it a little while ago uh, about Manuel <laughs> talking about the, excuse me, hang on a second. I've been getting sick this week. It's not the coronavirus, don't worry. <laughs> I just got a little... Uh, a little cough, uh, that, you know, fans mistook what they said about them retiring because they really never said they were retiring or it was going to be the final whatever. But if you read exactly what they said when that time came out a few years ago, 2016, it said, Man of War would say thank you, farewell, and goodbye. That kind of says the end to me. I mean, I don't know any other words that say the end besides the end, but goodbye, farewell, and thank you kind of sounds like the end. But they said fans mistook what they were saying, you know, even though they kept you know, alluded to the fact that this was going to be their final tour over and over and over again, you know, and now they're like back out there. I mean, they never stopped playing since that time. Not like Manowar plays a lot anyway. They do a couple of, Manowar's like the only band that goes on a world tour uh, that comprises of three shows in two cities in one country. You know, and that's like a world tour to them. So they don't play, you know, all over. They play randomly here and there, but they do go out and play. Now they said no, they just said that because they meant they were taking a, a, an extended break while they were putting this rock opera that they're doing together. You know who I blame? I blame the fans. I blame the fans that support these bands when they lie to them. I blame the fans that are happy getting bands together with one original member. I blame the fans now. I don't even blame the promoters no more. I don't blame the artists or the bands because they're out there trying to do something and make a little money or just get free trips over to different countries to play festivals. I blame the fans that support these bands. I blame the fans that encourage this to happen by praising these bands on the website. No matter how many times these bands fuck them, screw them, or do whatever they do to them, they keep coming back. And I don't get it, so I blame you guys that keep encouraging these bands to go on when they fuck you time and time again by taking $150 for a ticket for a show because they say it's going to be their goodbye, farewell, and thank you. And then they say, well, we didn't really mean that. You just misunderstood it. I didn't misunderstand farewell, goodbye, and thank you. Then again, I wouldn't spend 100 something dollars to go see Man of War or any other band, so maybe that's just me, but it's absolutely ridiculous. All right. I think I bring up the manual thing now because we're going to talk to Ross the Boss in about five minutes. Let's play something off the new record, and we'll go right into the interview after that. Ross is back. Another fine, outstanding record. Here's Glory to the Flame.
Hey, Ross, this is Mike. What's going on? What's up, kid? What's happening, buddy? How you been? How you living, kid? Hey, I'm doing good. I can't complain. Good. Hey, I I got to tell you, my friend, I saw you last month in Jersey. You you still bring it, man. Yeah. After all these years, it's still a great show. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's good to know. Of course I heard the new record. That's why we're talking today. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Born to play. Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on. Uh-huh. Great, great job cool. on the new record, like always, man. No matter what you write, no matter what you put out, you know, it, it's always quality. Always quality. Uh, you know what? That's uh, that's the plan, man. You know, I think. But this time, I think we really uh, we hit pay dirt. Yep, I have to agree with you. I mean, it's the second record. With I mean, you know, it's the fourth record. I was Ross the boss, but with this lineup, the second record outside of the drummer, is this the band in the lineup that you were hoping for? Because the first two records, they were great albums. You had an overseas band. I guess it really was like a, a cohesive unit. You know, you're on your own. Do you feel like this is the band you've been trying to get together now since you started this? Yeah, well, you know, they're more kind of like my age. They're more, well, no one's older than me. So <laughs> they're more, uh, <laughs> they're more, um, yeah, they're American. They're more coming from where I'm coming from. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's got to make just, it a lot uh, easier. Yeah, it's a lot easier. Uh, there's no, you know, the band, you know, was in, you know, I just seem to do things that are just harder <laughs> having a European yeah. band, but it worked, it worked out for a, a while, you know, and those guys are very good. I mean, they were a good band, but I mean, this, this band is, uh, you know, forget about it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, besides yourself on guitar, I mean, Mark's an amazing singer. I mean, Mike, I don't think there's enough you can think of said about Mike as a bass player. I mean, he's probably one of the best out there in the business, you know. Nobody even comes close. And Steve, he's just brutal with that drum set. He's the best bass player in the world, I think. I, I have to agree with that. You know, Mike's got his hands on a lot of stuff. But, you know, with the new record, I mean, you know, you don't repeat yourself from album to album, but people know it's you. You have a very probably one of the most distinctive guitar sounds out there, and your songwriting. So people hear yeah. it, they know it's you. Is that important to you to keep it consistent like that? Absolutely. I mean, I think that uh, you know, it's. Uh, I'm inside a bank now. I'm talking a little lower. Um, I think that. Uh, are you recording this? Yeah, we're recording. Yeah, no, I think that uh, it's the consistency of my sound, um, the fact that I play everything a certain way. I think that that's, uh, I mean, it's my it's my trademark, you know. It's yeah. it's 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 the pure tone. It's the pure, you know. It's the it's the kind of blues on steroids attack. Um, I just think that uh, I'm able to, no matter who I play with, I can sound the same, pretty much. Yeah. You you want to write for you're right there now doing the the hell to England. It's like 35 years since that record came out, which I I can't believe anyway. But I mean, even though Man of War is out there playing and active, people get more excited when they hear about you going out there and doing your songs. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's it's growing too. Uh, I mean, they they haven't. Uh, I don't know. They they do what they do. I haven't. I, I'm not hearing anything from them new. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of disappointing. A band that you know, a band that could you know, uh, 
charge ninety dollars to go see them. And listen, if you can get the money, that's good. If you can get the money, that's good. But I think that for ninety dollars, I think the, well, you know, I don't know that that EP. I don't. I'm not so sure about it. You know, I'm not putting them down. I, you know. No, I know, but they them. definitely lost their way over the years. There's no doubt about that. It's not the same band it was when you were with. It's completely different. No, no, it's not the same band that we do, you know, uh, six records in six years. You know, yeah. so, you know, it's it's a whole different thing. You know, it's it's just, uh, I think it's just, I don't know. I, I think they're just skating <laughs> because they, they, they probably so- are. They were supposed to do do the final battle tour, right? And then all of a sudden, it's not the final battle tour anymore. So we made a mistake. We don't. We didn't really mean that. So that's a lot of yeah. kids doing that these days, you know. I know. I just think you got. I just think you got a lot of balls to do that. I mean, you got to have a lot of balls to 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 say you're, you're, you're quitting and then soak the fans for all the money, and then step back and say, "Oh, we really didn't mean that." I mean that's yeah. like wow, that's that's balls. That's balls, you know. But that's them. I, I, you know, I'm not like I don't care about it. You know, I'm like I'm over. I'm over them. I mean, it's whatever happens. Uh, you know, I, I my band we play we play the songs with respect and dignity. We play the songs with pride. You know my my era though. You know we play my era songs with dignity and and power. And uh, I have nothing. Hello. Yeah, I can hear you now. I lost you there for a second. You're back. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying that we I go out there. We we play the man of war stuff with with uh, respect. And dignity and power and passion and you know what what it deserves to be played at you know and uh, so I mean I I have nothing to to think of you know feel bad about you know it's nah, just that, absolutely uh, people love people love to hear me play it and you know as now that the new record is out I mean it's, it's going to be out uh, you know now that now the balance of that music is going to change. So, you know, it's going, to, it's going to start to change in April. And, all, and yeah. you know, we already did three songs in the last set. At the end of the tour, we were playing three songs, three new songs. And people were loving it, you know. And uh, so. Yeah. It's, it's a nice yeah. that you can bounce back and forth between the two. You can go out and tour and, and, and do a Man of War set where people get to hear that classic stuff, you know, with you on guitar and then go back to the Ross the Boss stuff. It must be nice that you have, like, a lot to choose from these days. Yeah, we have a, there's, a, there's a dearth of, of, of material out there. Um, we're going to concentrate only on the new record because um, we think that this new record is, is such a big step uh, up, you know. I mean, the, the first three were very good. I mean, Bloodsworn was great, but we're going to, I mean, this one is heavier, it's louder, it's faster. Um, it's. I mean, I mean the production. I mean you hear it. I mean it's. Uh, yeah. You know it's fact. Yeah. Steve Lieberman did such an amazing job with it, and um, we're also very excited about it. The songs are very catchy, metal songs that are extremely catchy. 
That's my that was my plan to do hooks and hits. I just wanted I told Mark all I want every song, hooks and hits. That's it. That's what I want. I don't care if it's yeah. metal. I don't care if it's pop or rap or anything. That's what I want. That's that, and, and that's what he did. And um, you know we have a, a a lot of things to play off this record. I mean, uh, I mean even a song like uh, Fight the Fight. I mean, how catchy is that? I mean, it, it is. It takes me back to the old days when bands knew how to write songs. Like you says, you got to have that riff. You got to have that chorus. It's got to be catchy. You know, bands today are writing songs where I can't remember one thing that they said it did because they just don't repeat themselves. They, you know, it's just there's nothing to memorize with the song. You guys are writing songs that are catchy. I remember the chorus. I remember the riff. Right. Denied by the cross. Denied by the cross. Denied by the cross. Denied by the cross. You know, everything has to be. Uh, to me, for me, as, as a songwriter and and uh, and Mark as a songwriter and Mike, we're like we definitely have to hear these choruses, these big choruses, these big anthemic choruses that people love. I mean, that's the, that's the ticket, you know. And uh, from the you hear "Denied by the Cross" from the first time. What are you saying? Right. Saying "Denied by the Cross." <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. And you know and. and and we pound our message over and over again on these songs. And, uh, you know, on dying, you know, glory to the slain. I mean, it's all over the place. It's, you know, uh, you know, so, I mean, I'm very happy with the way the record came out. I got to tell you. I mean, no, it's it, a great, great effort, man. Great effort. Are, are you handling all the, all the songwriting on the record? I mean, I know you just said Mark is working with, I guess, lyrically, but are you handling all the music on your no. own? Is everybody kind of getting involved? No, 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 no. Okay, the story the story with this record was that it was two years two years after um not it was still not even two years after by Bloodsworn and I'm going, Listen, and the rate the label says you gotta if you wanna tour Europe you gotta you gotta make a new record. I go, What? And I go like, Oh fuck. I mean you know I mean I had a couple of songs lying around. Um I said, guys, I don't have enough songs for a new record. I mean, you know, it's just I'm not that uh, at my age, you know, I, I, I was prolific. I'm not that prolific, you know. I mean, you know, not many are. So, I mean, you know, just to put out any kind of riff, you know, to rehash any old riff, I'm not, that's not what I'm about. So, um, I said, guys, I need your help. And the band helped. You know, Mark came in with uh, four songs, and uh, he's got a writing partner from the guy from uh, Let Us Pray. I think that their new record is going to be out sooner or later. Um, Mike LaPon came in with songs, uh, and I took uh, "Made in Made in the Shadows" was written by Stu Marshall from Death Dealer, and uh, so uh, part part of part of being uh, an artist, part of being uh, a leader, is know is knowing what to do, is knowing how to put songs together and knowing what kind of songs you got to put together and what kind of songs I needed, you know, and these guys, I, uh, you know, these, we, with all the stuff that we came up with, those were the songs we got, we did, you know, and, you know, I'm just, uh, I said, you know what, I, I picked some good songs. <laughs> so, yeah, that you did. <laughs> uh, I mean, is, you is know? there like a quality? Is there like a quality control type thing when that happens? Because you have probably one of the most distinctive sounds, you know, in metal. So do they come to you saying, this is, you know, what I think Ross would write or what Ross would like because, you know, it's in the vein of what he's always done. Or do they just come to you with anything yeah. that they like? Because they all got different tastes in music. And you kind of have like morph yeah. into like what you think it should be. 
Well, well, Mark, Mark, Mark has a lot of different. I mean, some severe metal. His "Let Us Pray" thing is just, you know, yeah, it's it's what it is. And he had some songs, and I said, I have to be able to envision myself playing these riffs on stage. That was my bottom line for using Mark songs. So I, I, you know, like, I mean, Born of Fire. I mean, you know, Denied by the Cross. Uh, you know, Blackest Heart. Um, Shotgun Evolution. I can definitely all those four songs I could definitely see myself playing on stage and we're doing two of them already so Mike Mike Lepon, um obviously Glory to the Slain uh, Fight the Fight plus Mike really helped me in the arrangements he helped uh, writing parts extra parts for the songs envisioning the stuff so basically you know I, I couldn't have done this record without my boys uh, this time I just couldn't have done it yeah. And I think it sounds a like a group thing. effort. Yeah, it's a better thing to do because, you know, we were playing for two years. We were out there playing hard. We had chemistry. Um, it's the first time Steve Steve played on the record. Um, I think the drumming is fucking superb. Um, you know, he's just you know, he's just amazing. And, uh, you know, I think it's just a culmination. This record is a culmination of what we've been doing for the past two and a half years together. Also. No, I agree, and you know, two, you know, people say like, you know, like in the old days, like you know, like the old days, like when we were younger, going back to the seventies and eighties, you know, a band would pop out a record, go out on tour the next year, pop out a record, go out on tour. Kiss would put out two records a year back in the seventies. You know, those days are long gone and hurt. What do you think is like the best stretch of time for new music today? Should it be three, four years between albums, or just when you feel like you know it's ready or time is right? Well, the problem is now you can't tour without the product. Yeah, and. You know, at least not my at, at my level. You can't. Um, I wish we can. I mean, you know, I, I think this. I think this record is going to have a lot a longer legs than by Bloodsworn did. So, uh, so, but I think that the whole thing is. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to tour. You got to tour. And the only way you're going to make money is by touring and selling T-shirts and your and your stuff. And but uh, you need product to sell. You know, and uh, especially the labels, they demand it. So. Um, well, you know, that's where we're at, you know, sometimes yeah. it might be, who knows, who knows when the next record is coming, but I know there's going to have to be another one. And, uh, you know, I mean, for the fans, they love it. Are you kidding? Oh, absolutely. But you, you, you got enough product yeah. out now, like you said, to go out and tour. I mean, you just wrapped up here in, in the States and I think it was April, the whole month of April, you're basically over in Europe for the entire month. Right. Correct. Right, and then uh, the, there's 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 uh, summer dates filling in. Uh, we're just adding to, you know, Sweden Rock called. There's going to be a big announcement for that, and uh, you know, so you know we're going to be busy. I mean, I think I think this record's a hit. If there's if oh, such I, thing I, as please. a hit these days, <laughs> I think this is a hit. If this ain't a hit, if this record yeah. ain't a hit, I'm just going to like, well, what the fuck? How much better can you make it? I mean, you know, I don't know. No, well, this you know, this is metal. definitely this is definitely it, Ross. This is like the shining stuff. What you've been working on all these years, and if it doesn't work out, you go back to Death Dealer, get a new Death Dealer record out. It's been about five years. Well, the new Death, but listen to this: the new Death Dealer record is completed. The third one oh, is nice. done. It's it's coming out this summer. So don't say oh, that beautiful. it's coming out. <laughs> yeah, we're ready to go. The band is ready to go, and also my, um, the original Dictators are, are start are recording now. 
And um, so, you know, so the original dictators and Shaken Street is playing. Shaken Street played last 15 shows in, in Paris last January, and we have shows in at the end of August. So, I mean, I got the dictators. I got Shaken Street. I got Death Dealer and, of course, the Russell Boss Band. So I think my plate is pretty full with all this stuff. I mean, it's, you know. I, I just think about coordinating all this stuff because, like, between you – Sean, at least, you know, they got a lot of things going on, a lot of bands happen, a lot of projects. It's got to be like a creative right. nightmare trying to put all this together. People just think, how come there's not a new Death Dealer record? How come there's not a new Dictator? Because right. they don't see all the shit behind the scenes to make 9,000 different okay. things happen you know, continuously. Right, yeah. No, but, the you know, the Dictators, is the original Dictators, it's not with Mr. Manitoba, he's not in the band. Uh, it's with me, Andy, Chernoff, Scott Kempner, Top Ten, and uh, our drummer, as of now, is Albert Bouchard from Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, so that's going to, you know, i got to start working on that. And, you know, it's just there's a lot of things happening, and it takes a lot of coordination. And uh, But it's all happening. It's, it's all going, you know. At this point yeah. in our lives, it's, 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 just, it's just all going. So that's the deal. Did you expect it to get to this level, like when you first started getting back into it again you know, over a decade ago? I mean, you know, you laid low for a little while, but when you came back, did you expect it to take off, like, into this, what it is now with all these bands and projects that are really just, really just amazing? You know, I, I think it's just a result of hard work and dedication and, and, and not giving up and, and just refusing to lose. I think that, yeah, it's, 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 I, I see that, yeah, you know. I mean, if you put out, if you can't, if you put out, if you do good work and you put out good music, and you do good shows all the time, I mean, it's, there's definitely a, 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 there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel there, you know. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Ross, I'm not going to keep you, man. I know you got a whole bunch of these things to do, and you, hopefully you have the month of March off to relax a little bit, and recuperate. Because you're heading over to Europe again in April, and that's going to be amazing. Those people are going to be in for such a thrill when they get to hear the new music off the record. Plus, plus, we have Burning Witches opening, and they have a new record coming out on Nuclear Blast, and this band, Assamville, from England, they're just fucking maniacs, and so we have these, so we have a great tour in, in, in April, I think it's going to be a very, very well-attended tour, I think it's going to kick ass big time, so... Absolutely. They, yeah. They still love yeah. the metal in oh, Europe, man, so you oh, have a great God. time over there, man. You got it, man. Take care, Ross. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Take care, buddy.
last on here, one more song, we're going to wrap it up. But right there, 44 Magnum will rock you out. Before that, Man of War with Kills Power and off the new Roster Boss record, Fight the Fight. I want to thank all my guests tonight. I want to thank Roster Boss. It's always great to have a New Yorker on the show. Jackie Chambers from Girl School and Citeria for being on here. I'm sorry we had a little trouble connecting her in the beginning. I had a little problem with the microphone, but it worked. Thanks for bearing with me. I do appreciate it. We have no show next week. We're off the air on the 15th. I have some family things to take care of. But we're back on March 22nd with Chuck Billy from Testament and Mark Fox from Chakra. So don't forget to tune into that show. We're going to have a good time. You never know where Chuck is going to call in from. His car, his uh, garage, his body shop, you never know where you're going to get him calling in from. So we'll find out in two weeks. All right, let's wrap it up here tonight. I've got a little Juan Ricardo with Sunless Sky. This is Death Machine. Take care, everybody. Have a great week, and I will see you two Sundays from today. Take care.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.